It's been a while, but we're back. The Domain of Heroes podcast, episode three. The Domain of Heroes podcast. News and information about the MMORPG that's a little different. And we like it that way. Play the game free at www.domainofheroes.com. And now, your hosts, Aaron Murray, Fernando Boz, and Brian Talbot. Hey there, I'm Brian with Aaron and Fernando, and this is the Domain of Heroes podcast. How you doing, guys? Doing excellent. Wonderful. Aaron, what's going on in your world? Wow. Loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on in my world? Let's see. (laughs) All right. How about this? What's going on in the Domain of Heroes world? Our land of Doria. The land of Doria. Well, we just finished uh, launching subscriptions. Yeah. What about that? Where did the idea for subscriptions come from? One of our players, an old-timer, Orion, when we were chatting about uh, onboarding and how the game needed some, um, some love in that area, he had his, uh, his son play the game and take notes. That was an eight-year-old son, right? An eight-year-old son, yes. That's an interesting perspective for a game like Domain of Heroes, coming from an eight-year-old. Yes, and um, the game still needs love in the onboarding area, according to Orion's son. But uh, one of the pieces of information that we found interesting is that he talked about, uh, as an eight-year-old, having an allowance and how the game was not offering a way for him to use that allowance to, to make purchases in the game. So we ran with that. Subscriptions are very affordable, starting at uh, $1 per week. They scale up and they add benefits uh, if you spend more, but they're not uh, game-breaking benefits. They don't make you, your tune more powerful. So um, thank you, Orion Sun, for the feedback. It's been successful uh, as far as the number of subscribers, and we, we will continue working on them and... Um, um, maybe adding some more options for the future. I think it's great to be able to have subscriptions, right? Because it gives players an opportunity to be a part of the game and support the game so that we can continue to keep it up and going. And at the same time, the subscription levels begin at a low enough price point that it's, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. And it does give you some pretty decent convenience. It's not an imbalance of power, like you said. So from those perspectives, I think there's a lot to uh, take a look at with the subscriptions. Yeah, I like the new subscription uh, idea. I'm glad that it came from the players. I know that a lot of players and Fernando, uh, you know, spent a ton of time going over what would make uh, good subscription tiers and what types of categories of things should be in a subscription. And the other idea was uh, you know, to make them really affordable and, and make them frequent enough so that there was always seemingly some regular benefit to it. We could have made them monthly subscriptions, but it seemed more fun to get stuff every week. Just another way to, for players to, like you said, be involved and uh, experience the game, get some extra meal space. And uh, I sure love the potion and, and gym key bags. Personally, that's my favorite. Very cool. So that's subscriptions. But aside from subscriptions, we have other changes to the gameplay. We've made changes to socketable gems, right, Fernando? We did. It was too big of a decision to just even unsocket a rare gem because it was permanent. You could not, once that it was done, it was done. You could not uh, recover that gem. You were committing a gem to that item 
there was uh, this paralysis that was happening because you didn't want to either ruin a temporary item by putting a, a really valuable gem in it or the other way around. You didn't want to put a not a very good gem into a really valuable item. So a lot of gems were collecting dust. Trade for them was reserved only for the best of the best of the gems. We made that change, uh, but we wanted to review it and basically talk about this because you're going to start seeing more changes of this kind in Domain of Heroes, um, introducing more items, make your items more customizable. It's a good thing, right? Now you can get value out of a gem that drops early in the game, and you don't have to worry about uh, losing that value. You can just unsocket it, move on, keep the item, rinse and repeat. So... It's, the, the feedback has been great. So what are the mechanics around socketing and unsocketing gems? Well, socketing has been out for a while. Basically, you grab an item, you pay some gold and some, um, some pieces or bits of the material that the item is made of. And you can make up to six sockets in an item if the item is mythical, starting at one on, at uncommon all the way to six mythical. Once that you added the socket, then you grab a gem... You put it in the socket. And there's a cost as well, a coin cost to do that as well. The new mechanic is unsocketing. We did it in two different ways. There's a really cheap way to go about it. The catch there is that you destroy the gem. So this is a way to keep the item. This is where the item is more valuable than the gem. So you can destroy the gem for one wish. So And that frees up the socket for... Other things, other more powerful gems, things like that? Yeah, let's say that you have uh, an uncommon gem socketed in one of your um, mythical items and you just drop a notable gem. You want to make that upgrade, you can destroy the uncommon gem and, and socket in the, the new one, the notable. What about the really good gems, the ones that you want to uh, unsocket and then put in a different item? So in here we have um, it's the unsocket and save you get to keep the gem, and the price scales up to rarity. And tying back to subscriptions, if you are a subscriber, you do get a 20% discount on the price of unsocketing and saving. So that sounds like a really interesting development that actually came from the players, right? Yes. It is my understanding that this goes back to the old version of the game that they were they've been asking for a way to unsocket gems from their items. It's one of those things where we didn't hear too many comments about it, and that's a good thing. It means that it's working. Well, that sounds like a great modification to our gameplay. Another one we've been talking about and working on is Skills Revamp. How's that going? Uh, the skills Revamp's going decently. We're taking it slow to gain uh, the you know advantage of having a lot of player feedback uh, we've had sort of a, a rough history with respect to the skills updates and things. So we've known for a long time that there are balance issues and that there's a lot of new features that we would like to add. We've tried in various ways in the past to uh, to change some of the skills and how they work. Uh, this time around, it's, it's getting a little bit better. We've already added the uh, cooldown concept and implemented that. And it's just one small step. And uh, there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes, ton of work by the players and Fernando. And uh, 
we'll keep working on it and, and see what comes of it. So what can players expect from the skills revamp right now, Fernando? A lot more skills. We're doing three skills on the races side and five on the class side. So a total of eight per combo. At the moment, there are some combos that only have a couple. Thank you, Rose, and everybody, every player that uh, made a contribution in the forums by providing ideas for this um, revamp. It was a, a community effort. One of the things that I told Rose when he was designated as the skills commissioner is to try to preserve um, the current setup for the skills as to not disturb what players are already doing and instead of focusing on just adding. And that way um, we provide um, more tools for, uh, especially for battle, but also for uh, magic finders for grinding, uh, but especially for battle because that's a, where cooldowns are going to add a layer of strategy that the battle doesn't have at the moment. I've been reviewing the work that the players did and um, getting ready to transfer that to the database. And I will say that it's, 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 it's a success. It, it adds more options, it adds skills, but it's not going to, if somebody's happy with what they have right now in their, in their tune combination, they are not going to lose it. They're just gonna gain more options. Well, I think it's really important too to note that the, the request for skills revamping and the input to it has really come from the community. Another part of that in being a community-based game is that there are game moderators. So what exactly are moderators in Domain of Heroes? Aaron? The role of the moderator in Domain of Heroes is really to help make the game more enjoyable. You know, there's obviously all the the bits of code and art that we throw into the game, but uh, a large part of Doe is the actual human interaction and the moderators sort of take the direction, you know, and the feel that we want for domain of heroes. And they, you know, work hard to maintain that fine line between players themselves and, um, and helping sort of enforce the guidelines that we have. So they're there to help folks. They're there to fix bugs with the items and, you know, things that, are kind of just nagging irritances in the game, uh, but they're also there to help, you know, protect the community from people who are really just not good fits, you know, and they, they'd probably be better off playing another game. And so the moderators have the, the ugly task of moderating the activity of players when it gets essentially just out of, out of band with the tandem games or philosophy. It's a lot of work, ton of work, really. You know, they, they don't get a lot of praise for it. You know, behind the scenes, I know the three of us, we're always talking about the moderators, you know, in high regard with respect to how much help they're giving us and what a joy it is to have, you know, players. And essentially, you know, they're like extended family for development for us. So moderating is, is tough and a lot of times thankless, but I think that, you know, there's a certain joy that they get out of it, um, being, you know, more involved. And the players certainly benefit from good moderators. And, you know, we really strive to, you know, just keep the community vibrant through uh, through the moderators. Well, I think, I think that's exactly it. In a community-based game like Domain of Heroes, we have less than a dozen active moderators right now 
who are really helping to keep their finger on the pulse of the game, what's going on. There's a lot of feedback with us so that we can make the modifications to the game, the changes to the game that the players really want. And I think that that's key in being able to keep Domain of Heroes going. Fernando, thoughts on mods? Well, they make my life a lot easier. I, uh, I'm always uh, in appreciation for for what they do, not only what they do in chat, which is like the technical definition of a moderator, right? They they moderate the activity in the in the chat, but uh, they also support us with um, customer service support. They uh, they help us um, help players recover the items when they're lost. When we're talking about adding a feature to the game, we we pull on the community, and then the next step is to bring in the moderators to do more of the design, the more detailed design. They, they're a big part of what they do, and um, big, big uh, appreciation to them. Yeah, so next time a moderator uh, catches up with you during a game, show a little consideration. We love our mods. Speaking of other people we love, we love our players, all of our players. We thank all the new players that have joined the game, and we also really appreciate all the older players. They give a lot of guidance and a lot of direction to the new players, and quite honestly, the community is very vibrant because of both the new and the old players. We have a player interview with a long-standing player from 2008, 9, something like that, and here you go. This is EO. It's player interview time again, and we're here with EO. EO has been playing Doe for, well, since the first incarnation of Doe, and we're glad to have EO back. EO, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, first question, why do you play Doe? Well, I play because the community is terrific. There are so many really great people, uh, even though we're small since the relaunch. So many of the, the really wonderful people have come back already. I really love the way that the community and the developers work together to make the game. And that means that any individual can potentially help shape the way the game is going forward. And that's so fun and dynamic. I also really like the quest for loot. Um, I'm totally into that adventurous search for cool items. Um, I used to pan for gold as a hobby, and when I moved away from areas that have gold-bearing streams, I got just a little bit of that adventurous streak uh, fulfilled through dough. Very cool, very cool. So you like the grind. Oh, yeah. So how did you find dough originally? When, first of all, when did you start playing, and, and, and how did you find the game? I started playing a few months after beta. Um, so I don't even remember what year that was anymore. Um, but I was in college at the time and I was taking some really intense course loads for nursing school. So I have always been a gamer, but I had very little time to play right then and I missed it. So somehow I found uh, dough and since I could, uh, get work done while playing a game and have some things to do when I came back and was actually at the keys, it fit right into what I was looking for. So the away from keyboard or idle game philosophy really worked well for you. Yes. What does Domain of Heroes mean to you? Well, it is this really amazing gaming community, and it really does feel like a community. There are so many people who, um, you know, before they were in high school or they were um, in college, and now that we've relaunched, there's all these people who suddenly have all these kids and these fancy jobs, and it's really cool to see how life has been progressing for them, and you know these people, you've been part of the community, you've seen them talking about what's going on in their lives, you know, you've been there for each other in some small ways, uh, 
as people have been going through life. And then you get to, you know, beat them up in faction versus faction and PVP, and, you know, and all of that. It's, it's just so much fun. Yeah, that, that's got to be really interesting to uh, reconnect with people that you haven't talked to in a few years and see exactly how their lives changed. Yeah, we have such this amazing diverse group of people, and I love hearing the updates on their lives and what they're doing now. So what do you like most about Domain of Heroes? I really enjoy, uh, like I said, the items, looking for really cool items. I love the, the keys, opening keys, seeing what I can find, um, trying to tweak and maximize uh, my skills. Um, besides that, obviously, the community. So what's your favorite item? My favorite item right now is this really crazy headpiece that I have. It has, uh, I think, something like 42% uh, power on it. I think I counted up the tiers, and it's like 25 Oh, my gosh. What's it called? The Deadly Skull Plate of Muscle. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I want to come up with a custom name for it, but I haven't yet. And did you, uh, obviously, you loaded it up. Oh, yeah. I started off, this was a really nice piece. It's got uh, 2T4 power enchants on it, a T3 and a T2, and then I just slapped it full of gems. There you go. And uh, new listeners are listening to this going, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> It's a little bit complicated when you're first getting into Doe, yeah. What kind of advice do you have for people who are listening and thinking about playing Doe or beginners uh, of, of Doe? Speak up. Ask about what you don't understand. It's surprisingly complex, and there are so many players who are willing to help show you the ropes. Um, also, stick around. The game is really fun now, but once some of the revamps and the new features roll out and advertising efforts start to draw in more players, you're going to really see it shine. What kind of new features are you looking forward to? I can't wait for the skills revamp and the ability to have more builds be competitive and be um, you know, fun and interactive to play. I hope that we implement that uh, item forge idea in some way and some of the other rebalancing efforts, things like that. Yeah, now it's interesting because you talked a lot about community and Doe is a community game. In fact, the entire skills rebalance is now being headed up by one of the community players and with input from everyone else in the community so that it's not just the developers making changes that affect the players, but the players actually have input into it. Rosemorn is leading that, and I really appreciate all those efforts. It's kind of a beast of a job, and I do not at all um, envy Rose for this, um, because it's really difficult to try to make these work, and there's so many different ideas coming in. But that's one of the things that I love about Demand of Heroes, is that we can have that kind of depth of interaction with the game. Absolutely. Your thoughts on community-driven development? I think it, in a lot of ways, adds a layer of uh, difficulty to any development because you have so many more minds trying to make decisions, and there's always going to be someone who's unhappy with any single decision that's made. Um, I also think that, that sort of outsourcing some of the work can help make things happen faster, and that's something that we need. I mean, Domain of Heroes has a small paid team, I know, and, um, you know, for us to get some of these... Uh, new features and, and revamps done through just the team, I don't think the game would survive. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to make sure that it comes together and continues to improve and, and become the game that the community wants it to be because it is such a community-focused game. Mm -hmm. 
And it, in that way, it's, it's unlike most other games that you play. Normally you log on, that's the game, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. In this one, the community really has a lot of input into it. So what would you like to see different in the game moving forward? Well, what originally drew me to the game was the AFK play. I would like to see more at the keys content while still not losing the draw and the ability to play AFK. That's a good thing, and I think we're, we're definitely moving in that direction, making changes to the game. So you've been playing for a long time now. What's your favorite story about playing Doe? Yeah, it's really hard to pick one, but um, some of the quests by um, uh, Ku are some of my favorite um, memories. And the one right now I think is my favorite quest, partly because, again, going back to that community idea, this is drawing the community together and it's getting people to work together to help other people get really great runes. So in your life, what does gaming mean to you? Gaming is, for me... It's a release. It is relaxation. I have a really demanding, stressful job. And so gaming um, is a chance for me to relax with people, with friends, and just cut loose. So I understand that you may have an opportunity to talk about Doe to an even broader audience, maybe potentially even a TED Talk in the future. Yeah, so I work with transgender people. My One of my organizations that I work with is the Heartland Trans Wellness Group, and I'm the director of that organization. Um, and I was asked to do a TEDx talk on trans folks and their needs and care. I'm not 100% sure that this is going to happen yet simply because of the complexities of scheduling. But my thought was, if I'm going to do this, I want to highlight and humanize that trans people are more than just that trans identity. And since gaming is so important to me, I thought if I if I do this, it'd be really cool to show a few of the other things that, that I do in my life. And one of them would be Domain of Heroes. So kind of having a screenshot and maybe inviting the community to say, you know, hi, TEDx, and, you know, flash that up on the screen for a minute. That's very cool. We'd be very excited about that. And and it is interesting because Domain of Heroes is such a community-focused game. It's really neat that uh, that's such an important part of your life that you're thinking of bringing that into something as important as uh, a TEDx talk. Yeah, I think we, as a community in Domain of Heroes, are really great about accepting people in diversity. Sometimes in other games, you hear about the fighting and the name-calling and all that sort of you know mess. And I don't see that in Domain of Heroes, and that's one of the things that's really made me so loyal to it, because it's such a great group of folks. It really is. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not controversy. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Tends to be a lot of strong opinions in the game. But that is what makes that community so vibrant. And that's one of the things we really, really like about it. Yeah, and even when there are dissenting opinions, most of the time I see them relayed respectfully. It's a very outgoing and helpful community, at least what I've experienced uh, in the time that I've played. I totally agree. So, EO, we really appreciate all the time that you've given, and not only to this interview, but especially to the game. You are one of the people that other new players and, and others in the game can look up to and talk with. I think that's really important in building the community. So we want to let you know how much you mean to Domain of Heroes as a community, and we want to thank you for being here today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. We're excited and glad to have the game back up, and we're excited and glad that you're a part of it again. So thanks. Thank you. So Domain of Heroes, obviously the very best free-to-play MMORPG that exists. 
But there actually are other things going on in the industry. One thing that just recently popped up is the Pokemon Go craze. Now, I've been a longtime fan of augmented reality, and I've often wondered why augmented reality isn't a bigger part of our world than it is. Pokemon Go is an AR-style game, and it comes with its own interesting challenges. Thoughts on uh, Pokemon Go, Aaron? You know, my thoughts on it are not from a player perspective in the sense that I play it. I've, I've only caught one Pokemon. My thoughts on it are are really just from a social perspective, and that's the, you know, we've had AR for a while. We've had geocachings, <laughs> a thing that's been around for a long time. The two of them together has been around, but for whatever reason, you know, lightning struck 16 times in one spot, and the world caught on fire. And uh, Pokemon Go, I think it's the most viral anything I've ever heard of. And uh, so I applaud you know, Nintendo for that, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see how long it lasts. Is it a, is it a one month fire? Is it a one year fire? Do we have like Pokemon go branded parks in the future or is Pokemon go that thing that went crazy that one week into that one time? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I have uh, my oldest son is 21 years old and from the time he was four or five, he loved Pokemon. His dream was to be able to figure out how he could become a Pokemon trainer. And lo and behold, now at age 21, he actually can be. And he is. So he's spending a lot of time <laughs> running all over the city of Austin looking for that. It's, uh, it's an interesting phenomenon, but it also has its challenges, especially from a security perspective. Fernando, I know you had it on your phone for a while. Is it still there? Are you still playing? What's, what's the story? I, I played it. It's, I'm not playing it anymore, and the security concern that what that people were talking about it, uh, it that that was definitely one um, consideration for me to remove it. The second one was just a realization of what a time drain and a time and, and, and energy drain it can be. Uh, so I run to to my gym three to four times a week. And so I, when I finish my routine, I walk back, and this time I grab my phone, take it out, and and and, and just check the Pokemon app, and I find some. Uh, there is a lure station, right, like right next to the gym where I go to. So I walk there, and I see about three or four cars, or there were three, and a four one just pedal on the on uh, on the brakes, stops, everybody gets out but the driver. And they run into a park looking for Pokemons. And at that moment, it just made me like think, like, oh, wow. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh, let's go home and, and, and get some dough work done. Yeah, it's interesting because it is. It's, it's a uh, technological explosion, but it's also a social phenomenon. Uh, so far, uh, someone actually wrecked their car trying to follow a Pokemon. Or catch a Pokemon while driving. That was not real good. Some people have had other incidences along the way. It's interesting to see. Some kids, um, they went into a cave and they fell. And they had to get rescued because they were looking for Pokemon. It's crazy. So it'll be interesting to see where this phenomenon goes. Aaron, I'm with you. I, I still can't figure out if this is a flash in the pan or something that's going to be with us for a long time. I do love the fact that it's opened people's eyes to the possibilities of what AR can be especially as now everyone's focus is immediately turning to VR. 
I think AR is an interesting blend because it's an overlay of a virtual world into our real-world environment. So we'll have to watch and see how all this turns out. So Pokemon Go very well may be the biggest game of the summer and the biggest game that we've seen in a very, very long time. It is summertime. Final thoughts? Yeah, um, that's the beauty of Doe, right? You can um, leave it grinding, your tune grinding, while you go out with your family. So, um, yeah, do that. Enjoy enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and play Doe while you're doing that. <laughs> yep. I don't have a summer break, but uh, the kids are sure enjoying it. And, you know, it's just, I think as I, as I, my hair turns more and more gray, I realize um, how important it is to just enjoy whatever it is we're working on. And we do. And we really thank the community for supporting Domain of Heroes, being a part of Domain Heroes. Don't forget to invite your friends. It's more fun with people you know. So this has been the Domain of Heroes podcast. We've enjoyed having you along. If you have other suggestions or ideas, drop us a line. You can hit me up at brian, B-R-I-A-N, at tandemgames.com. Let me know what's on your mind, and we'll see what we can do to maybe get some uh, new ideas and thoughts into the next show. So for Aaron and Fernando, I'm Brian, and this is the Domain of Heroes podcast. This has been the Domain of Heroes podcast. If you have any suggestions, send us an email at brian.domainofheroes.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and play the game free at domainofheroes.com. Domain of Heroes is an MMORPG that's just a little different, and we like it that way. Thanks for listening.